Welcome to the Make Me a Marketer Show with your host, Landon Hobrin, where we strip down the hottest marketing strategies so coaches and course creators can simplify their marketing and amplify their results. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be podcasting again. This was a little hiatus for me. I haven't recorded an episode in a little bit of time, but today the inspiration has hit. I have a story to tell, and I am so excited to dive in. So today, we're going to talk about controversial fitness advice that applies to growing your business. Now, as we know in marketing, stories and similes and analogies are so important to getting a message across that I have such an appreciation for when something happens in life that allows us to illustrate a story. And something happened to me when I was at the gym last week, and I immediately sat down, made a note to record this show for you. So let me kind of give you a little bit of a backstory about what happened. So I was sitting on the seated calf leg, or the seated calf raise machine, and you know I was just going about my workout, getting my sets in, doing some calf raises, and another guy walks up and he says, hey, is this what you do for calves? And then he goes on to tell me about how he also does seated calf raises for his calves and, you know, how he's having trouble building them. And, you know, I had to stop him and say, no, actually, you know, this, this isn't what I've done to build my calves. I have actually, my calves are there kind of despite what I've done. I, I do these seated calf raises, but they are definitely not what helped me develop my calves. And just to kind of, you know, obviously we're a podcast, so just to paint you a little bit of a picture, I have well-developed calves. They're one of my strong suits, and they are a very difficult body part to grow. And I didn't want to lead this, this guy on in the gym and try him to tell him that, yeah, if you just do these seated calf raises, you know, twice a week, that you're going to have calves that look like mine, because we all know that that's bullshit, and it's not going to happen. And it just really kind of got me thinking about this isn't the, the first time that someone's come up and asked me about my physique or even that I have looked at other people's physiques and thought the same thing. You know, what are they doing? What did they do to look like that? But it, as, because I spent so many years working as a personal trainer, I had the opportunity to develop a much deeper understanding of what was actually going on behind the scenes. And nowadays, I see a lot of people that they look fantastic, but when I actually see what they're doing in the gym, they have poor form, their technique is bad, their workouts really aren't set up properly to have optimal results, yet they look fantastic. And on the flip side, I see a lot of people that, you know, they have like the most technically sound training program, their nutrition is perfect, their technique is spot on, yet they don't look like somebody else that, you know, you would technically quote unquote think they would look like if they had everything, you know, was being done perfectly. So, well, what's going on? We, we see these, we ask people, what have they done? And what's actually happens a lot of time is that people may look that way despite what they're doing. They might look that way, and it has nothing to do with how they were actually training. They may have looked like that if they were doing half of that or if they were doing completely other exercises. They just genetically happened to have 
you know, great arms or a really big upper back. And that could be completely genetic. It could be the fact that maybe they played sports or they did something completely unrelated to what they're doing in the gym. Now you just see them doing that exercise and, you know, they might tell you, yeah, if you want to get big traps, you got to do this. But they actually got big traps from doing something when they were younger. You know, I think if anything helped me develop my calves, it was possibly the fact that I played sports for, you know, probably the better part of half of my life. Before I even stepped in the gym, I had been playing sports for years. And it could be the fact that maybe I just had good calves coming from my parents and it has nothing to do with what I'm doing in the gym. You know, I don't even know if they've really grown that much when I was actually taking measurements and paying attention to what I was doing. But this just really kind of got me thinking about how business and marketing is no different. Business is not this one size fits all. You know, that's not this, if you see somebody and these are the three steps you need to be able to do to, to achieve results, but it's no different than fitness where we might see somebody that is successful and then we're asking them, hey, what did you do to get that success? Or we see somebody that we deem as successful in our eyes and we go, hey, they're posting Instagram reels once a day. That's what I need to do to be success as, successful as well. But this really is not the way that it works. There's a lot of people in business that are successful completely despite what they're doing but we're not asking those questions. We're simply looking on the surface and going, what are they doing? And thinking that if we do and adopt the same things and the same strategies, that we're going to realize the same success. However, we're missing out on a lot of these intangibles. We're not realizing that just because we see them doing it, it may not actually be accounting for their success. They might just be doing it because they thought they should be doing it too. And they're successful from something completely, something else. You know, you might see somebody that is posting on Instagram every day, but they're successful because they had a big following even before they developed that on Instagram or because they have a big presence offline. Or we also might not be realizing that it might work for them, but it just might not work for us or that we might simply hate it or that we have natural gifts that are completely different than what they're doing. I see a lot of people that have these amazing, bubbly, extroverted personalities that are phenomenal when it comes to being on video. And I've never been one of those people. I'm very introverted. I would much rather be recording a podcast than I would be you know, recording a video for YouTube or TikTok but that's not something that we often realize or that we reflect upon. So we may see somebody that is amazing and they're so successful and we think it's because of what they're doing on video. And even if it is, the reason that it's successful is not because they're just on video. It might be because they have this amazing personality that just resonates with people. And just because of how it that message is portrayed through that medium does not mean that we're going to see the same results if we do that as well. Also, there are a lot of people that do things and, and avoid certain things and kind of hang their hat on their success because of it. And a lot of times, 
it doesn't mean that something that they're not doing wouldn't be successful. Now, let me give you an example. I know a lot of creators and influencers out there that pride themselves on being able to grow their business organically using social media. And they pride themselves that they do not use paid advertising to grow their business. Now, you might see that and go, hey, they're doing it without paid ads. I should do it without paid ads as well. But what we're not realizing is that doesn't mean that paid advertising doesn't work. It also doesn't mean it wouldn't work for them. It could potentially amplify what they're doing. It could even work better than what they're doing. Just because they're not doing it doesn't mean it works. And just because what they're doing doesn't mean that that's what works and that what we should be doing as well. These are things that we need to unpack at a much deeper level when we're trying to look outwards and externally for ideas of what we should be doing for ourselves and our businesses. So let's take a second and let's kind of deconstruct, you know, I think I got five steps here of what we can do instead to start to better take advantage of what's going on out there, to better leverage what other people are doing and how to better match that for our unique selves and our unique gifts. So I'm going to take a drink of water here and then we're going to dive in. So step number one, instead of looking at what other people are doing as this kind of black and white distinction about what we should be doing ourselves, I want you to look, and if you are looking outwards, to look for inspiration, to look for themes, to look for trends, and really to try and find more of a through line around what other people are doing. And don't do this in isolation as to finding one or two others. Do this with taking a little bit of a bigger sample size and going, you know, when I looked at these five or 10 people that I see that are doing great, but not only on a monetary standpoint, look at, look deeper. What are they doing that you, you stand behind their message? You love the way that they're showing up and you align with those things. You, you have a similar message. You want to resonate with people a certain way, just like they do and go, okay, what is a, what are some of the trends? What are some of the commonalities between what these people are doing? Do they all have a podcast or are they all marketing in a similar way? Are they all showing up on video or are more of them doing informational posts that are text-based? Are they using certain mediums or certain ways or trends to showcase what they do and to communicate with their audience? Instead of looking for what they're doing and to copy it, take a broader sample of inspiration and trends and try and find the commonalities to be more of a compass that can guide you to a direction of things that you can now try and experiment with in your business, not as a way to create success, but as a way to try and find things that may potentially work for you. Number two, I want you to start to look inwards and identify your unique gifts and what feels right to you. So let's say that 
you're listening to this podcast right now, and the thought of starting a podcast really terrifies you. You have zero desire to speak. You have zero desire to figure out the technology required or to hire a podcast editor. And if you hate speaking and trying to, you know, when you're trying to script things, you, you fumble on your words and you prefer utilizing other mediums, awesome. As you started to find those commonalities and those themes and ideas in number one, now you can start to take them through a little bit of a filter and go, what feels right for me? What should I test first? Because if you see somebody doing something else, even if it worked for them, even if it might work for you, but you hate doing it, it's just not going to be something that is sustainable for the long term. And if it's not sustainable, then there's really no use in even starting because it's going to be temporary at best. So try and think, what, what feels right? What feels good? Or even at a minimum, what doesn't feel awful? Right? Some of these things are going to be uncomfortable to get started with, but that could just be the uncomfortability of just doing something that's a little bit outside of our comfort zone, that's a little bit outside of what we have typically done in the past. So we can look at different things like, are you better or do you enjoy speaking versus writing? Do you enjoy being behind the camera, like for some people that for if you might be extroverted or you have a past or you just love being behind the camera. I know in my wife's program, she has some people that have theater backgrounds and used to be playwriters and they love speaking on camera and some people that totally energizes them. For me, I much rather speak than actually be recorded on video. And some people may prefer to write they may absolutely love and be able to come up with beautifully written things when they have the time to process and you know, deconstruct their thoughts and formulate them into a really well-defined message. Some people can do that beautifully on camera, and some people have much more propensity to be successful with doing that in written form. And there's no right or wrong answer. We can do and blend all of these things that are going out there we can utilize social media and amplify our own unique gift inside of those things. So we want to start to take account of our own unique gifts, what feels right for us, and then we can start to prioritize what we're going to do and try for our own businesses. Number three, we have to do a little bit of an assessment and go, what is realistic? It's not always about what is quote-unquote right. We also have to factor in what is right for us right now. At the stage you are, where you stand right now in your business, what is realistic? And we can use somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk as an example. He is putting out hundreds of pieces of content every single day. And that just isn't realistic for, for most people out there. If we take an account of him and his business, he has a creative team of about 30 plus people that are doing content production for him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even know 30 people that do this. <laughs> so we have to take an account and go, okay, for me personally, I have somebody that I can send this podcast recording to, and he's going to go do post-production for me. It took 
me and my wife years to develop a content team for her that can now take a video or a recording and now create multiple pieces of content for it. However, for years, that wasn't the case. So it, once we take an account of things we're gonna try, now we can start to tailor that to how are we gonna deploy that for us right now inside of our business and what might be something that we're gonna work towards or we're going to look at improving and refining in the future. Number four is essentially just essentially planning what we're gonna do down the road. Maybe we want to start to take a podcast and we're gonna start publishing. Fantastic. Right now, it might be most realistic for you to take your full episodes, publish those, and then just share it on social media that you recorded that episode. However, something that you can plan to do in the future when you have either the time to do post-production yourself or the financial resources to have somebody do that for you, maybe you're able to also record that video, you're able to create a few additional pieces of content from that recording, and then you're able to now post that. Maybe it's a post sharing your podcast, a couple quotes, a video that go out on Instagram. Maybe you have something that then goes out on Facebook, something that goes out on YouTube, all of these other platforms. But maybe that's something that is down the road. Maybe, maybe it's a month, maybe it's three months, maybe it's three years that it takes to get to that point. There is no right and there is no wrong when it comes to this. And last but not least, number five is we must begin to redefine success for ourselves. This is, I think, the most important point, something that I think can be, we can bring it back to this over and over and over again, almost regardless of what we're speaking about. But when we're always looking outwards, we're, that's being done in comparison. We're, we're searching, we're clawing, we're gripping to try and get something that we see externally and we want it for ourselves. But we need to start to redefine what that success means for us. Just because we see somebody that they have something we think we want as well. We see them with this monetary you know, number of money they're making, the number of leads they have signing up for their, you know, their lead magnet, the number of people they have signing up for their workshops, the number of little faces and amount of screens they have on their live Zoom calls. And we're starting to associate that once we can accomplish that, then we'll have what they have, then we'll be where we wanna be. But truthfully, I see so many people that are chasing things that just don't align with what they actually want. I work as a growth strategist and a marketing consultant, and I work with a lot of large companies. And I have had the opportunity to see behind the doors of some of these companies where they're doing millions of dollars, but they're retaining zero profit. Or they are doing millions of dollars in gross revenue and they are completely and utterly unhappy in their day-to-day -day lives. So much of this comes down to what are we trying to achieve in our own lives through business? 
because you might be able to build up and have this amazing team and 38 people doing content production for you and assistants and designers and web developers and IT people working for you. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're no longer doing what you want to be doing, which is coaching. You're just working as a manager, managing all of these people, putting out fires all day long. And in two years, you realize that you fucking hate what you do every single day. You got exactly what you were chasing, except for it wasn't what you actually wanted. We need to change that conversation, start to redefine what success means for ourselves so that as we develop these strategies, they're actually working towards accomplishing the same thing. This is a conversation I have with a lot of people. As your business grows, your responsibilities change. And that isn't always what people want. A lot of times having a smaller business, having fewer people working for you is what a lot of people want. Sometimes being able to make $8,000 a month, work five days a week for four and a half hours a day is a lot more fulfilling than somebody making $15,000 or $25,000, but they're stressed out every single day. Their relationships are unhealthy. And I'm not saying that there aren't cases where people are making um, very large sums of money and not happy. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that most of the time when we're looking externally, we don't see the full picture. We see that beautifully curated version of their business and their lives that's being shared on social media by their 38 content producers. We're missing the bigger picture. So let's take a second, let's recap. Number one, we wanna search for inspiration, themes, trends from a broader set of people so that we can start to create these commonalities around what we see being done and we see as inspiration for what we could do. Find those commonalities and start to create a list of things we can try and experiment and play with. Number two, we want to identify our own unique gifts and find out what feels right for us and use that as a filter for what we identified in number one. Number three, we wanna figure out what's realistic for us to implement and deploy right now at the stage we're at today. No judgment, what is good for right now? Number four, what can we plan to do in the future? Set some goals. And number five, let's start to redefine success so that we can start to curate these goals to take us in the direction that we actually want to head. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it coming back onto this podcast. I appreciate you if you're still listening. It means a lot. And I would love if you did take anything away, please shoot me a message at Landon Pobrin on Instagram. It's probably where I'm gonna be hanging out most. If you would like to share, if you had any takeaways, I would truly, truly appreciate that. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.